Hi, I'm your host, Kimberly Thomas-Tigg, and you're listening to Signalize, a Dazzle for Rare podcast. Whether you're a patient, advocate, caregiver, or a clinician, Signalize is your source for good news, personal stories, events, and the things that rare and associated communities care about. Follow Signalize and Dazzle for Rare at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, R-A-R-E, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we'll post episode links, updates, and more. Welcome to the first episode of Signalize, a Dazzle for a podcast for 2024. If you caught the quote-unquote bonus episode from the 3rd of January, you will know that we are moving to Fridays from Wednesdays as our date of publication for these episodes. If you want more info, you can check that very short episode for more info. Righty, let's just get right into it. Let's take a look back on some rare disease developments in 2023. Call it your 2023 rare and relevant TLDR, the quick, too long, didn't read catch up of what happened in 2020. Before we get into the rare and relevant for 2023, let's just quickly cover some dates in January. And as usual, if you're interested, these dates are on dazzleforrare.net in the calendar section of the website. You can also subscribe to these calendars on your iOS, Android, or other devices. First, we have AHC Awareness Day, which happens every year on the 18th of January. We also have Alternating Hemiplegia of Childhood Awareness Day that is also on the 18th. We have Mobius Syndrome Awareness Day on the 24th of January. Superior Myasthenic Artery or SMA Syndrome Day, which is Sunday the 28th of January. This condition is also known as Wilkie Syndrome. We have VWD Day in Southampton, UK, which happens annually on the 28th. It is a whole day dedicated to Von Willebrand disease. And finally, we have EDS Society UK hashtag Day of the Zebra which happens annually on the 31st of January. While the zebra is a universal symbol for all rare conditions, our friends in the global EDS community really have resonated with the zebra. And so if you would like to get in on a day of the zebra on the 31st, go ahead. It's another great day to share information about EDS, but it's every day is a great opportunity to talk about rare disease in general. All right, we have some non-rare days in January. We have World Day of Peace, which has passed. It was on the 1st of January, but go ahead and put it on your calendar now so that you can observe it on January 1st next year. We also have the Festival of Sleep, which just passed on the 3rd of January, which was Wednesday. We have National Cuddle Up Day, which feels like it should also be on the 3rd of January, but it is on the 6th of January. So get your sleep in. Oh, and also National Drinking Straw Day was also on the 3rd of January. So get your drinking straw, get your nap, and then get ready to cuddle on the 6th of January. National Hugging Day is on the 21st, so I feel like we're getting lots of sleeping and snuggling in on January, and I'm all here for it. We also have Peculiar People Day, a personal favorite of mine, on the 10th of January, and Blue Monday, which is on the 16th of January. And of course, Blue Monday is a time to reflect on how we can take care of our mental health. This is always a challenging time of year, Christmas, festive period going into January, so please do take care of yourself and look after your mental health. Right, so the 2023 Rare and Relevant TLDR. Last year, 2023, was a landmark year for rare disease and for our diverse global communities. There were some pretty amazing breakthroughs, discoveries, events, so much going on for our communities. So in this quick segment, we'll just take a look at a few from last year. And of course, this is not comprehensive. If you have a rare disease advancement, a new drug in the pipeline, a candidate candidate gene variant, 
or other exciting news, you can reach out to us at info at and put rare and relevant news in the subject line. As always, we're always looking for more events for the calendar, more stuff to help keep you informed about what's going on in the rare disease community on dazzlefurra.net slash awareness underscore days. Right. Before I get into the first story that we're talking about, I just want to provide a bit of a content warning. This first story, it discusses cases that involve medical misjudgment, potential child abuse, and some other very distressing topics. It's a brief section, so if you don't want to listen to this section, you can skip ahead a few minutes. As 2023 came to a close, a significant legal decision was made in the Kowalski versus John Hopkins All Children's Hospital case. We talked about this in the last full episode of Signalize a Dazzle for a podcast. The Kowalski family was awarded $261 million in damages for a situation that tragically illustrated the complexities of rare disease and also the potential for misjudgments to be made, especially when it comes to pediatric patients. At the time that this story occurred, the patient in question was Maya Kowalski, and she was only 10 years old. She was diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, which was misinterpreted by healthcare advocates as signs of potential child abuse by her mother, Bieda. The accusation and the subsequent handling or mishandling by the hospital, the, the judge has ruled on, this mishandling potentially led to Bieda's tragic death. Also, at the tail end of 2023, we got another update on a case that had similarities, but is a very different situation. We had the story of Gypsy Rose Blanchard presenting a totally different scenario where there was potentially a case of Munchausen's by proxy, which is a rare mental health condition. In this case, her mother, Claudette D.D. Blanchard, had an illness which led her to cause prolonged abuse over medication or inappropriate medicating and general medical mistreatment of her young daughter, Gypsy Rose, under the guise of various false conditions as well as alleging that her daughter had a rare condition. Now, these two stories, though they are starkly different, the developments at the end of 2023 are really important, and it's something that we should definitely have a dialogue about. They highlight the critical importance of accurate diagnosis and understanding that rare diseases can have very wildly different presentations, but it's really important to not only look very carefully at the presentation of the condition, but also the patient, and in this case, pediatric patients, and really listen to them and to create safe space for them, and also to really gain a better understanding of mental health conditions. A real medical condition was wrongly misinterpreted. It was interpreted as abuse, which the court has found in 2023 that this was not accurate, uh, hence ruling in favor of the family. While in Gypsy Rose's situation, a rare mental illness led to actual abuse. These cases underscore the necessity of creating, again, safe spaces for kids to speak freely and the vital role of really detailed, meticulous medical assessment in the safeguarding and the well-being of children and in all patients. Because situations like this, while seemingly more common in the media when it regards younger patients, there are situations at all, at all stages of life in which a misinterpretation of a condition or the treatment of a family member to the patient could have a wildly inaccurate accurate outcome on either direction. So the brief overview of these two cases, you know, it leaves a lot of detail out. Um, For those who are interested, there are, you know, deep dives and details all over the news right now, all over the internet about both stories, because they both had such big developments at the end of 2023. 
in the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard, she was just released from prison at the very tail end of 2023, just before Christmas. So um, we'll link to some uh, articles in the show notes that we've used as sources and that you can have a look at if you would like to know more about these cases in depth. You can also find a lot more reporting online on YouTube as well. I don't think I can highlight enough that there is such a strong and urgent need for careful consideration and support in scenarios involving rare diseases, as well as, you know, real or alleged mental health conditions. Having known people that have been through similar situations to the Kowalskis um, as it regards, you know, medical captivity or in, in a case where it regarded a child being born with an uncommon condition, suffering an injury, and the parents being blamed for that injury, these situations happen and they can cause real irreparable damage to families. So I think it's an important dialogue to have. On the upside, there was a major leap in treatment options for folks with Duchenne muscular dystrophy, also known as DMD, with the approval of a gene therapy called Elevidus. Uh, the FDA approved the first gene therapy for DMD, making another significant milestone for the Duchenne community. The approval brings hope to young children with the condition. And also, there are currently four drugs in the pipeline for treating DMD. Also, in 2021, so two years ago, there was a study that shared the impact of DMD on women as carriers, highlighting the importance of early cardiac screening for those carriers. I only recently learned that a friend of mine who underwent genetic testing recently was discovered to have a pathogenic variant for DMD, which may have caused her own cardiac issues. So while this is rare on top of rare, for listeners in the DMD community, please don't neglect the cardiac care of the women in your life or the women in your family. Potential carriers, they may have cardiac needs as well. Hey, another story to make a big difference, or rather stories, collectively in 2023, is rare disease media making a huge difference. The Rare Stories Project in Northern Ireland, featured in a 2023 BBC article, uh, created short films to raise awareness about rare diseases. The project highlights the experiences of Northern Irish patients who represent only a small part of the over 100,000 people in Northern Ireland with a rare condition. This includes twins Lucy Smith and Zoe Buxton with Dysplasia Afficans Progressiva, or FOP. The project emphasizes the importance of increased medical awareness and improved care coordination. Certainly, wherever you are in the world, every medical system can certainly benefit from improved care coordination. Coordination being the operative word. Um, another rare disease film project that you actually may be familiar with if you're a listener of this podcast is the Disorder Channel. Now, we've talked about the Disorder Channel and their content a few times in 2022 and 2023 with Daniel DeFabio, the co-founder of the Disorder Channel. The channel focuses on the real-life stories and situations experienced by folks with rare conditions or those of their loved ones. They present documentaries and other rare-focused media on the channel. Life After Diagnosis Day and Rare Days explore various aspects of living with rare conditions presented in a documentary-like style. The channel is free to you free content for you to view on your Roku or Fire Stick TV. You can subscribe on either or both of those devices if you have them. And if you don't, you can still find their content on YouTube by searching the Disorder Channel. Finally, when it comes to ongoing rare disease film projects, one that comes to my mind immediately is the project My Brain and Me by Encephalitis International, which shares the stories about life with encephalitis, a condition with several different underlying causes, one of which is autoimmune encephalitis, which 
which is caused by antineuronal antibodies. I won't go into depth about that because encephalitis itself is not rare, though there are many rare forms of encephalitis. So it's something that's really important to become aware of because it can happen because of environmental or toxic causes. It can happen because of interactions with the immune system and the blood-brain barrier. There's a few different causes. So it's not rare in itself, but certainly the autoimmune forms, of which there are several, can be rare. So important to note. But we will drop links to all of these sources in the show notes so you can read more about these stories. Rounding things out, at the end of the year, a few publications dropped their own lists of the most read rare disease stories of 2023. I won't go into great detail about these stories, but we will drop links in the show notes so you can check out these stories yourself, and you know, whichever may be relevant to you or be of the most interest in general. The division of Johnson & Johnson unveiled results for its proof-of-concept phase to open-label Unity clinical trial of nipocalumab for 13 pregnant women at high risk of early-onset hemolytic disease of the fetus and newborn HDFN. Women taking spirometry tests. Inhaled pyrfetidone shows promise treating idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. This treatment when inhaled has been shown to be effective and safe in treating patients with idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Patients with multiple sclerosis being treated with anti-CD20 medications, such as rituximab, may be at a higher risk of colitis and inflammatory bowel disease, according to a review article published in the Journal of Multiple Sclerosis and Related Disorders. Novel monoclonal antibody could change the management of myeliofibrosis. So promising results came from a preclinical experience about the potential to modify myeliofibrosis. Myasthenia gravis may be linked to myocardial injury. Patients with myasthenia gravis, also known as MG, are vulnerable to myocardial injury. However, this condition often goes undetected and untreated. Vietnam vets face higher risk of developing cholangiocarcinoma. Hundreds of vets that served in Vietnam in the 60s and 70s are now developing this certain type of cancer, likely due to the exposure to flukes and dioxin. A study highlights a dizziness is a common symptom of myasthenia gravis. Dizziness is a common complaint among patients with MG found in a new Australian study published in the Journal of Clinical Neuroscience. The study also found that the awareness of the role of relevant allied health services and their utilization varies among patients, which eh, seems like that's probably a common theme, (laughs) the role of allied health services and how well they are utilized. The most read article in 2023 as it relates to rare disease was a surprising one. Zinc could hold the key to reversing IPF, pulmonologist Dr. Paul Noble says, is that zinc may be the key to treating and even reversing idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. For those who are not familiar with this condition, it is a condition affecting the lungs, hence pulmonary, where the lungs become scarred and breathing is difficult. It's not really clear what causes the condition, but it affects people around 70 to 75 years of age, and it is considered, at least in the UK, as rare in people under the age of 50. As we wrap up, we look ahead to all that could be. I think it'll be crucial for our communities to build on the momentum that we have right now as we exit 23 into 24. Whether you have therapy or therapies in the pipeline for your community, a new clinic, improved patient services that you offer or know of, or something else, keep building. It can be tough to persevere, 
I know very much it can be tough to persevere, but sometimes even if the hill seems so steep that we won't ever get to the top, it's not impossible. Many of you have been making incredible progress, whether it is in your own communities, whether it's to the benefit of all rare communities, whether it's increasing understanding of diversity and intersectionality in our communities. You guys have been doing amazing stuff. Here's to 2024. Hopefully it will be filled with even more advancements in all things rare and for all patients around the world regardless of your geographic location. And hopefully everyone is a step closer to getting the care and the treatment that they need. I'm just going to throw in another sort of personal update. I don't know if I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but I have some upcoming diagnostic testing, um, several days worth, and it is not close to home. That's been moved again to the second week of January. There may be disruption, if not no second episode in January, if there are any issues with the diagnostic process. That sounds super intentionally vague, and that's not to be dramatic. It's just when it comes to rare conditions or rarely diagnosed timely conditions or conditions that are just not super common or even the complexities of having multiple conditions, a lot of diagnostic testing can be really stressful and it can really be all-consuming at times as you wonder what is happening, what is in the future. This particular testing is a week's worth of testing. In the UK, there's currently a junior doctor strike and so there are some staffing shortages that may affect my testing in January. That's one personal update. January could be a bit chaotic in trying to create content for this podcast. That's where I'm at. Anything you can do to support the podcast, share it with your friends and family, check it out on YouTube. All of that's appreciated. I hope that everybody had a wonderful festive season and a wonderful new year. And I wish you uh, safety and joy in the coming year. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Signalize, a Dazzle for Air podcast. To stay up to date on the podcast and Dazzle for Air, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-A-Z-Z-L-E, the number four, Rare, R-A-R-E. And finally, if you liked this episode, share it with a friend and tag us on social media platforms.